0: Hello and welcome to Jack's Nursing Journey podcast. I'm Clojack, student nurse at Robert Gordon University, and I'm really excited to welcome Lauren Kidd to the podcast today. Before we get started, here's three facts about Lauren. Lauren's current role is root leader for MSc Advanced Practice District Nursing at Robert Gordon University. Her area of specialty within nursing is district nursing, and she has a real interest in advancing practice, long-term conditions, public health, and palliative and wound care. She registered in 2002 at the University of Aberdeen in Dundee. Welcome Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really great to have you on the podcast. So Lauren, where did your nursing journey start?
1: Hi Chloe, thanks so much for asking me along today. It's a real privilege, um, so thank you. Um, well, I started my nursing journey back in 1999 um, at the University of Abertee in Dundee. Um, and at that point, I started the Bachelor of Science in Adult Nursing. And that was one of the first degree courses um, at that time, um, unlike now. Um, and it was really quite tough, actually, because there wasn't any funding. And um, so I guess at that time, we were sort of looking at the value of degree versus diploma and um, Dundee University had the diplomas and a, and a much bigger um, intake, whereas in Aberty we had about 16 students per year, um, so much, much smaller. Um, and at the end of those three years, I stayed on and did my honours year. And uh, looking back, it's quite funny, really, because it was only myself and one other person on the stage at graduation. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, even then, obviously, attrition rates for students were were quite high because of the challenges, you know, between our practice learning experiences and work and study. Um, other people, I'm glad to say, did pass. They just had some had ended at third year, and some people um, had some resets. But from that 60, probably only about 30 of us completed our our degree at that time. Um, so yeah, um, that that was a big challenge um, for me. I was the first person in my family to go to university, and that was really exciting for everybody, but also quite scary um, for myself. And then during my fourth year, my honours year, I, am, I worked on the bank as a staff nurse in quite a few care homes across the town that I come from and the local hospital. And that was really good to kind of just consolidate that learning. You know, you just entered the NNC register. So it was good to, to have that because obviously in that fourth year, there was no um, practice learning experience for me. So you didn't want to just kind of not do anything for, for a year um and then when i finished my honours year and there was very few jobs in the local hospital nine wells at that point and because i came from angus i kind of always felt a little bit scared about nine wells and just the acute hospital whereas i'd been in more community hospitals and strocapital and things i'd really loved surgery and um I'd had a surgical placement in the first, second, and third year, and um, I knew that was something that I that I wanted to to continue with. Um, so, at that point, in um, the new hospital in Edinburgh, was opening up the Royal Infirmary of Edinburgh out, out at Little France back in two thousand and three. So, I, I kind of liked the idea of everybody starting a new job together in a new place. So, I applied for a job there. And oh, I loved that job. Um, it was just such fast pace, um, and a great learning experience. You know, we were looking after patients with gastrointestinal issues. So we had a lot of pancreatitis, gallbladder problems, whipples, stab wounds. You know, it was really, really diverse. A really great mixture. Um. And I learned so much from my colleagues who became really good friends and, you know, we we remained friends all these years um, later. Then I would say about 18 months after that, I decided it was time to, you know, try something new. I was nearly qualified and I still had so much to learn, I guess. so I went to Gaini at that point and I really enjoyed that too. Um, the pace was exceptionally different, it, you know, I felt like I'd gone hundred miles an hour to, to, to virtually stop it and that wasn't the case, um, but it just felt that way. But I really enjoyed that, but I did actually miss working with, with males. Um, so that was a really different environment, but it was good um and then i met a guy so at that point it was time to to move back up the road so i went back to nhs day side um and i got a really great post i was exceptionally fortunate that a position had come up we're looking at developing this community health nurse and they really wanted people with no more than say two to three years post-reg experience um it was a one-year course It was fully funded and I went back to university, so I went to the University of Dundee at this point and did a series of modules. You would learn things, um, you know, a lot of public health stuff and practical skills like ear syringe, etc, which are obviously not done now, but back then that that was um, going on. Um, And my time was split between the district nurse, the health visitor and the practice nurse. Um, So they were looking at someone to do triple duties, and these are roles that existed a long time ago and then they're phased out and then they come back and I'm sure, you know, in 20 years we'll, we'll look at bringing that role back again. Um, so it was a great experience and at that point I was just like, I love the community and I remember liking it as a student mm-hmm. um, of the exposure that I'd had. I'd gone out with the health centers and I'd had a district nurse um, placement as well. Um, but I suppose I hadn't particularly thought of it early on in my career at that point, but, but here we were. And I just loved going into people's houses um, and it was so different to being on the ward, you know. Um, I felt our, the patients were more more relaxed. Um, they were more themselves. They had a lot of autonomy. They would tell me to get out their house, you know, get lost. And um, I quite liked that, you know, um, these these challenging people um, because it meant you had to really work hard at building a rapport and becoming a trustworthy person to them, you know, because you were there to work with them, not to tell them what to do. And I think even that message probably talked, took me a few years to learn as well and um, maybe looking back at some of my experiences on the ward I felt like I was there t- to tell people what was best for them but out, out there it, it was different you know. Um, and then at the end of that year when the post finished there was no jobs for the district nurses and that made me sad because I definitely had decided at that point that's, that's what I wanted to do. Um, but there was a post um, as a health visitor and um, as a staff nurse level, um, and I really had enjoyed that too. It, it was a steep learning curve because obviously my knowledge of children was fairly limited. But I had a great mentor. Her, her name was Evelyn. She was just one of the best. We're we're still friends now, and she she taught me so much and guided me towards helpful books. You know, resources from Great Ormond Street. And I suppose one of the take home messages was predominantly you're looking after people that are well rather than, than sick. And that that was kind of a different shift in mindset. So it developed a big interest for me in sort of public health, child development. So it's really, really good. Um, and I was really lucky in my role that I got to, to partake in smoking cessation, winning ways and things like that. So it really felt you were out there making a difference uh, to the community that you were placed in. So I really loved that. And they're sort of messages that have stayed with me for a long time. And, you know, they're transferable skills that are applicable to to so many situations. Despite loving that, I miss the district nurse work, you know, so I did that job, as I say, for a couple of years. and. I just worked four days and um, because that's as much as a contract as I could get, but I get a shift a week in picking up district nursing work and I would work in the evening as a community staff nurse as well. And um, then a job came up in my hometown uh, in Arboroshe, Um and I took that post in 2007 and worked there till 2012 as a community staff nurse and um, Yeah, it was great, actually. I learned so much and, again, worked with some fantastic people. Um, During this time, I went back to the University of Dundee and I did my mentorship at that point and my non-medical prescribing courses. Um, So that was really, really helpful in my role. Um, And I also commenced my master's study at that point. The district nurse training had been postponed for quite a while. and I, you know, every year at my appraisal, I would sort of say, you know, I want to be a district nurse Is the course coming up. And then um, eventually, um, okay. we trained and started up again at RGU for, for our area. And um, so I became a student for the first time at RGU. And um, I think that was about 2000 and 10 perhaps and um, so I got my BA honours in district nursing alongside my NMC registration of that specialism or SPQ we often still call it our, call it our specialist practitioners qualification and I really liked my uh, studies at RGU and was really particularly inspired by Dr Heather Beam, um who has just sadly left the university um, Heather was a great mentor and educator and her commitment to the drastic nursing team and their progression was just so impressive. Um, to meet someone was, that was writing books and contributing to, to articles but very grounded was, was really inspiring. And Heather had me join some student group to help the course move towards becoming a Master's and that was sort of the start of my involvement with RGU and I guess that was around about two, 2012. So as I finished I was ready to get a district nursing job um, and then I met a guy <laughs> so I moved to Aberdeen in the end um, and got a post um, up at Woodend Hospital um, it was a bit of an ENP, advanced nurse practitioner type post, um, a two-year funded post, um, and it had money from the Change Fund. And our role was to kind of have a look at setting up a hospital at home service. And um, so myself and um, another colleague, um, we gathered some data um, on what was kind of missing out there, where we couldn't be filling a void. And we went for more further education at RGU, and um, we undertook the clinical examination modules and pathophysiology which I would say are quite essential for advanced nursing, you know, diagnostics. And these, not pathophysiology, but clinical examination is embedded in our district nurse course now. And so I guess I was using my new district nursing skills in a way that I hadn't really expected, but I was just so happy to be visiting people in their homes and I felt like I was making a difference. So that made me happy. And um, me and the guy that i met, uh, we got engaged and then we moved to France with his work. Mm-hmm. So for the next six years, I learned Francais and picked up my master's, uh, finally finishing that in 2015. Um, and I used the data that I gathered in my Aberdeen job looking at kind of proactive care really and just getting in there before crisis has occurred and we kind of created this pretty elaborate assessment tool it would may be maybe a little difficult to replicate but i guess that's that's research for you isn't it you're looking at ways and means to to do things um and i publish on that as part of my master's so that was another another challenge um and then I properly started working for iGU in around about 2013 and it kind of just started off as a wee bit of marking here and there and then it sort of grew arms and legs and then I moved back to Scotland in 2019 with my new family at that point and um I haven't since had a couple of career breaks to have the kids and now I am two days a week at RGU as the district nursing route lead.
0: Wowee you've had a very varied um, career to date then Lauren what a fantastic variety of, of areas that you've worked in and now you're you know a specialist in district nursing and now lecturer Um, it's brilliant Um. Um, Can you share a bit about what student nurses can expect uh, from district nursing while on placement and why newly qualified nurses might want to consider working within this specialism?
1: Um, Yeah, thanks for that question, Chloe. Um, I would say for our pre-reg students that are out on their practice learning experiences in the community, that it must seem, you know, really different to the board setting. The the pace is undeniably different, you know. and I think, you know, we, we spend a lot of time traveling in our cars and I've worked in a lot of areas across Aberdeen and even across in like the city of Aberdeen, you know, the traffic you, you could spend so long getting from one side of the city to another. And then when I worked in Angus, you know, you're in the, the glens, you know, it can take you an hour and a half to get up to a patient's size, um, And we spend a lot of our time sorting out, you know, background issues, ordering medications, ordering dressings, supporting our palliative of patients and their families, attending case conferences, ordering equipment, you know, your beds, your hoists, your... Um, Commodes and then diagnose and acute illnesses. You know, we go out to administer somebody their pretty regular, twice a day, insulin, and then we go in and they're like, oh wow, Mrs. So-and-so's just really not well today. What's going on here? Um, and then we're obviously looking after people with their long-term conditions and any flare-ups, you know, COPD type patients and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's it's a different, a different pace. Um, and I think you know in the community we're quite lucky in that we're waiting on the person for a really long time and um, so we've got that advantage at times of just picking up when something's not quite right you know that nursing intuition that we can often hear a lot about and i think that that exists that's absolutely a thing you know we can say oh they've got a urine infection they're a bit you know there's a bit of delirium here is there a wee stroke or something um and we get to know the families and sometimes you know over decades it can be that we get to build a relationship so for me when I came into that it was really just like nothing I'd experienced on a ward um, and I would say that you know if you're out on placement use it as time to just appreciate those difference and think about what you refer to the district nurse, you know, please don't send us a clip removal on a Sunday if the practice nurse can do it on a Monday. Um, and I always remember that from my like time on award. ward, you know, you would send everything from perfectly mobile people out to the district nurse. And I think it was just a lack of understanding. So if that's one thing I could tell you, definitely take that forward. And um, the district nurses still today remain a largely housebound service with pretty strict criteria. And it's just really because of the travel, of the geographical locations, and often the sort of limited in um, staff numbers. Um, and again, with our skills that we've got, we can see um, we'd be better used to, to look after our acute people than perhaps take out clips and things like that. Um, and I would also say, you know, with the skills set that we have, sometimes now we're seeing things like Legos or clinics pop up because we do appreciate for some of our patients because we can never really specify a time because you don't know what else might be coming in. Um, and if someone maybe is fortunate enough that they've got the opportunity to go out, you know, relying upon someone else, then, then you don't want to have them stuck in because that's so important to them and their mental health and well-being. So I think sometimes seeing these sort of legals are quite, type clinics pop up is a a really great idea you know a lot of people can be seen by the person with that skill set but it's reducing travel time and so I think I think that's really really good and it can be a positive experience for our patients because as I say you know there's times we get called out to a palliative patient and then we we can be hours later than when the person might have expected to see us, and, and that's that's frustrating for them, and that can cause bad, bad relations. Um so I guess the students that, that I teach now, Chloe, you know, they're they're already nurses and they're they're registered by the NNC, and some of them with many, many years' experience, and more than myself um, at times, and some of them pretty newly qualified. Um some might be familiar with the community they might be there working as a staff nurse at the moment and some have come straight from the hospital you know it's been their dream to get a community job um mostly the people that i'm teaching are, are in scotland and although we do have some students now in england which is great for our discussions you know and devolve powers across the uk and i think it's it's quite enriching for students both sides of the borders to learn a wee bit more about um what goes on in another area um, the NMC requires that our students um, take this course as both theory and practice so while they're out with us they do two practice learning experiences and they have a pad a practice assessment document which I'm sure you're you're used to to mm-hmm. support their learning and they'll have their academic assessor their practice supervisor and their practice assessor and really we kind of support our course with the domains as stipulated by the NMC um, and we have um, validation for that, and also the four pillars of advanced practice. I don't, don't know if um, you're familiar with that, but we kind of look at clinical practice, facilitating learning, leadership, and evidence, research, and development. So depending on what band you you are, those are definitely the four areas we'd expect. So you've working, but in some areas it'll just be a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more than than other elements. So I think most of our students probably see the jump in leadership when they come on the, the course mm-hmm. and being accountable for their learning, the development of their teams yes. um, and the safety of all the patients on their caseload. And that's quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a large role in patient satisfaction and dealing with complaints. So we try and build that into our course about service use and improvement and feedback because that's that's so important. Um, I would say community is a great area for everyone, um, be it newly qualified or you've been in it for ages. You know it's not like the olden days um, when you used to have have loads of um, experience before you entered the community. I think you know what you're learning nowadays in pre-reg just supports so much of what happens out here in the community and I would really welcome anyone um, onto the course and would happily talk to anyone with more questions. Um, I think it's a great Place to work and I would encourage you to, to come along and work with us.
0: <laughs> Super. And what kind of um, tasks would undergraduate student nurses expect to get involved with in district nursing placements?
1: Mm, good question, Chloe. So I would say it sometimes depends on your view, and again, the area that you're, you're in. Um, but I suppose with the first and second year, we predominantly have them in the car with us and, and a lot of the learning um, happens in the car, you know, before you go into your patient and after, you know, there's a lot of this is what we're going to do and then a lot of sort of digesting afterwards in um, and sometimes come third year, certainly looking back to, to my own experiences, you know, I had a little mini walking caseload because I didn't have a car um, and would go around a few patients um, that live nearby and perhaps do, you know, some relatively simple dressings, you know, um, things like the compression bandaging. You did not um, obviously send a student on their own to do that. Is that something that, you know, you would get more support in once you're qualified um, and again you you know you can't give out medication obviously until you join the register but you could be supported and supervised Do, doing a lot of tasks you know catheters happen quite a lot so yeah. that would be another um, experience definitely yeah.
0: Super it sounds like your car is your, your mobile office <laughs>
1: It definitely is. I think a lot of meals can happen in that car, a lot of deep <laughs> conversations and sometimes some tears, you oh, know, course, you yeah. because you can imagine, you know, you, you leave some extremely difficult situations, you know, somebody's perhaps um, passed away or received mm-hmm. a terrible diagnosis and, and and it's upsetting, you know, you're upset for the people you know, and then you just got to get onto the next house and pull yourself together, really.
0: Yeah. Um. So the next question probably is a good opportunity for you to plug your course. Um, (laughs) Are there any specialist qualifications required to carry out this specialist role? Um, Any courses or anything that people could consider?
1: Yeah okay here we go let's get the the Mm -hmm. advert out. Um, So yeah you need to obtain your SPQ or specialist practitioner qualification and the course that I lead on here at RGU is just the perfect place to get that. Um, so, we deliver this course part time over two years, um, and our students will study leadership for advancing practice, advanced contemporary community nursing, clinical history taking and examination skills for advancing practice, and then they have their specialist practice in district nursing, which is one of our practice learning experience modules. They will also do their prescribing for healthcare practitioners research and evidence for advancing healthcare practice and then leading and advancing specialist practice in district nursing which is then their second aim um, practice learning experience module and then they have the opportunity because they've been studying for the last two years at master's level and um, so they have those their credits and um, as shall be familiar with from your undergraduate studies, um, and they can then stay on and do their third year. And that's when they would write their 60 credit dissertation. And then at the end of that, they can, um, you know, they have a master's qualification. But um, at the end of year two, whether you stay on or not, at that point, you will register your NMC qualification as a district nurse and a prescriber at that point um, as
0: well. sounds like a fantastic course so obviously you have to be a registered nurse before you can obviously do this course is that right
1: yeah that's right that's right and as i say there's the opportunity you know um normally at the moment um chloe although things things may change but it tends to be funded by um health boards um because of the placement experience basically the practice learning experience so we often have students that want to self-fund you know this is their dream and they really want to do it but we can't support that just mm-hmm. in terms of they have to undertake a practice learning experience so they need you know they do um, two two blocks of that so they, they need to have a place of work you know and um, so sometimes we will point people in the direction of um, managers they can speak to out there within their health boards and maybe get involved in um, a community post to begin with with hopefully a view that they will come on course. And sometimes we'll recommend them to do a standalone module just to kind of dip their toes in the water at master's level study, because it's obviously it's a jump, you know, and for some people that perhaps haven't studied for for quite a number of years. So that can be be quite helpful too.
0: Super, thank you. And are, are there any other um, courses or trainings you would recommend to, to others?
1: Mm, that's a good question as well. Um, what we tend to say, um, you know, if you've got an interest, I think going for things like your clinical um, history take and examination skills is a great standalone, um, as is also the the prescribing for healthcare practitioners mm-hmm. and I think if you've got these what you would then do is a credit transfer of your skills or a, or write a small essay to show that you know you're working and using these in practice and then you don't have to undertake them a second time obviously as part of the course it also takes the pressure off a little bit because it's obviously a really a really hectic um two years and um, again if you've got your leadership you wouldn't have to do it but we often say this is a nice module because um the school nurses the health visitors and the district nurses and um the advanced nurses undertake it at the same time so it's a really great opportunity for that sort of um learn you know learning amongst other yeah. other professionals as well
0: so would you recommend that people have a bit of experience in practice before they do this course this master's course
1: i think yeah i mean whilst it's technically the way things are going you know they, they say you could come out right away and um, but i think it never hurts you know mm-hmm. to have at least experienced it to find out if it's for you and if you like it because you know i guess it won't be for everyone as much as that that's difficult for me to say you know Mm -hmm. that's true Um, and I do think you know we've had really high quality students in the past that have came from the hospital and people that have had really you know really varied backgrounds you know they've come from forces they've come from um, paramedics you know and then they've done their dual training and then they've gone on to do other stuff so I think just coming in with the right mindset is sometimes part of the the battle but Um, No, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't discourage anyone, um, but it just might be easier if you've got a little bit um, of experience. Learning cars is steep.
0: (laughs) Fab, so can you tell us a wee bit about your, what your current role entails?
1: Okay, sure. Um, Well, it definitely entails more admin than I care for, (laughs) Uh, but I think probably all of our jobs doing, I dare say, from the student perspective, you can appreciate that as well, Chloe. Um, I suppose the bits that I really like, though, um, is research and modules, absolutely, and putting together materials for the students. Um, I really loved flipped classrooms, um, and we've been doing quite a few of them across um, a few of the modules that we deliver on. Uh, the students really feedback that they like them. So that's helpful. And um, I guess I really admire them, you know, for working and studying. And, and I always think I'm learning from them. So I think in my role, um, I'm, I'm a student as well in so many ways. Um, we do tripartite discussions with our students as well. And I love spending time with them and, you know, seeing what they do out there and how really essentially everything that they do is about improving patient care. Um, which is really the centre of everything that myself and obviously the team, you know, I'm by no by no means am I a person on my own out here. I've got fantastic colleagues, you know, Jane and Matty that I work with are just wonderful. Um, and I guess we're just always thinking, you know, what does the patient think? How do we make this better for them? And um, I think I sort of alluded to earlier, we ask our students to carry out some service evaluation as part of their pads and to get feedback from our patients. And I think that's just a really important lesson. And we do hope as they go forward as district nurses that they embed that into their practice. You know, what what am I doing? What could I be doing better? Um, because I think that's a question we need to ask ourselves all the time. And, yeah i definitely do that with my teaching you know i really every year i'll revise the content of the modules and because there's so many new policies and things popping up all the time and you just have to keep up to date because that's the quality and things that yourselves as students quite rightly expect and are entitled to receive you know um it's our job as educators to to give you that information you know you just you turn up and do your bits i have to turn up and do mine i guess.
0: Yeah. Bob and did you see yourself in the position you are now when you first started in your nurse training?
1: no um
0: (laughs) not at all yeah even now it's a little bit weird um
1: you know um i suppose i i mean really going back to when i was at school you know at secondary school i wanted to do mental health nursing um but i think you know from what i was telling you earlier about the way the funding worked um and because i went to avertay and you selected your preferred route after 18 months you know adult or mental health and just at the end of that 18 months i really felt I'd, i'd lacked enough sort of placements in in, in that area. And um, I just didn't feel confident that I could have, you know, really look, I I just felt like in another 18 months, I wouldn't have just knowing what I was doing um so I I stuck with adult nursing which is definitely not something that I regret because you know really people they're they're not just their illness are they you know we see them holistically so mental health and real well-being is all part of our role as nurses and you know we obviously talk a lot about that on on the course um you know because it's care across the lifespan and considering all aspects of, of people then I guess yeah as the years went on I absolutely found my place in the community then as a district nurse so I maybe would have thought about education like way down the line um when I'm kind of like a, a lot more grown up and old and mature mm-hmm. um, but I guess I came into it a bit earlier than anticipated because of our our move to France and and it was great because otherwise you know I I would not have been able to practice out there. You know, my French was it is a good level, um, but I think the policies and protocols were were so different. It was almost like a, another language in, in medicine, really. Um, so the fact that I could teach um, and it kept my registration active was just great. And I guess now that I'm here, oh, I don't think that I want to leave and hopefully no mm-hmm. one else wants me to to leave um I do miss hands on patient care I, I really do um and you know any time I hear about someone talking about a relative that's got problems um, or problems themselves there's just that bit of you that kind of always wants to help um, and I guess that's hopefully something that as nurses um you can all resonate with um but I do like to think that and maybe make a difference in this this role um, and also you know I have got a two-year-old and a six-year-old so the part-time hours working really well with my family life and you know RGU have been very good at supporting me in terms of getting my um PG-Cert in education and given me opportunities even though I'm only part-time you know they've considered me obviously for the route leads rather than just think oh well just because she's not here as often she can't do it so yeah I feel I feel pretty pretty lucky for the most part.
0: That's great and it sounds really exciting the you had in France Um was the nursing different in France?
1: Oh yeah that's that's um it's very different um so I was really lucky when we were there and I received quite intensive French lessons and um, so I would go to lessons sort of three times a week at three hours mm-hmm. a, a session and had a um, language tutor for probably a, a year or so she she and I would converse and um, so that was great and she she was so good at getting opportunities that were tailored to me so she let me go out with sort of a a district nurse equivalent That's That's um, and it was it was very different to to anything I'd experienced here of course in um, healthcare in France is one of the best in the world you know if you look up the world health organization it's it's an amazing amazing healthcare system Um very very different to ours um there obviously isn't one organization and the nurse went out and she had like a lecture which is almost like you know what we pay with for our shopping and stuff and you oh. you charged patients there and then aim um, further um, intervention be it she took bloods or gave them insulin or their tablets and then they would reimburse that from their carte vitale so their health care system mm-hmm. so it's like america in terms of they have private health care but not to the same cost so everybody will get their consultation for gratis for free but you tend to pay it and then reimburse it. Um, so just a really different way of working um, and the paperwork was not not really there so um, for, for me in the way I'd always learned it just didn't didn't feel somewhere that I wanted to, to work I was more happy to to talk to people uh, rather than try and care for them yeah. in a different language definitely
0: <laughs> Yeah and that just shows you that you know you can take a nursing career anywhere in the world like it's so diverse.
1: Definitely. And at that point, we were obviously part of Europe. I do believe Mm -hmm. it's different now. But um, I did end up going for, I worked at an international school, um, supporting a child with learning difficulties. And that role was obviously because of my nursing background. But um, I wasn't registered as a nurse in that mm-hmm. country so I also wanted to do maybe some public health work in that school Um just sort of sex education and you know talks toxin alcohol and I thought oh maybe if I registered here I could yeah. count that towards my hours for the NMC um, but I had to go on an interview panel and there was about four or five French people and mm-hmm. I had to read a passage and answer questions and I because I yeah in oh, French and I knew when I was working at the international school because it was English. I wouldn't you know so I think I thought I just had to say hi you know I want to basically work in English so can I go on your register but obviously quite rightly so as is the case in the UK you have to pass a language test and it's safe to say that I did not pass that test that day oh, and it was just one of the most cringeworthy experiences I think I've, I've ever had and they were like if you just come back in two months I was like I will never do that again oh um, but yeah I think you're absolutely right certainly previously you, you know you could take your qualification anywhere because it's the same amount of hours that we all work. Yeah. Um you just have to be proficient in um another language.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna test you now. Can you remember any of your French? <laughs> ah yeah, I mean even
1: now like I, I think in French a lot, I'll, I'll dream in French, Je peux parler en toutes les journées, mais je préfère de parler en anglais. <laughs> oh I
0: think that's great, what does that mean?
1: Um, I could speak all day in French, but I prefer to speak in English.
0: Oh, that's brilliant! Thank you for doing that. <laughs> so, what would you say to your nurse self now, having been on the journey you have?
1: Oh, yeah, that that's such a valid question. <laughs> uh, what you would tell your old, your younger self? Um, now with all my years of wisdom in front of me and behind me Um, i would say go back you know go back and rent a flat go live with your friends um i stayed at home because the cost of living you know was just quite difficult for for my family and i and i just always feel like i missed that student experience that Friends talk about, you know, uh, when my husband goes on about his days, of uni, they're just seriously different to mine. Um, I would say go into a gap year, Lauren, go nurse abroad in a different place, you know, going. I love snowboard and go work, you know, as a chalet girl for a season, um, and just go work abroad and see the differences and be exposed to different cultures mm-hmm. and beliefs. And you know, I was really lucky and I got to do that when we lived in France, and I definitely think that. Um, helped me to understand people and it's impacted the courses and the materials I deliver because I just think I'm much more aware of culture and diversity and I think these are really pertinent for the teaching that we deliver and the people that we care for out there so I think that that definitely helps. pre-reg and post-reg and all things nursing are tough, you know, they're tough courses. And we have, uh, I think particularly yourselves as pre-reg students, you know, looking at some of your friends doing other courses, it probably seems like you've drawn the short straw because of all the, the placements and the study and, you know, having to work your own jobs and just a really a sense of responsibility from a really young age often um you know if we've come to it straight from school Mm -hmm. um and just yeah it was just felt high just often felt like the weight of the world could be on your shoulders because you cared about this job and the people um so yeah just maybe trying to embed a bit more relaxation would have been good um studying wasn't hard for me in terms of a really I've always enjoyed studying and again, you know, I think you have to because this is it, it's lifelong learning when I'm saying, you know, this is not the end of your studies, is it? But I think for me the problem is definitely retaining information and processing it. You know, I'm not a naturally intelligent person. I really have to work hard at it. And I think I'm much harder than than other people. and not a naturally gifted individual. I'm but sure I that's
0: think... not true. I'm sure you're very intelligent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sounds like I'm fishing now. I'm, I'm genuinely not. But um, I think, you know, I've got a lot of good personal attributes. You know, I do think yeah. I'm a kind person and I always got on really good with the patient. So as much as the studying was hard, I knew that it was probably the the right job. I loved being with the people. Um and yeah we need the evidence Evidence, you know to back up what we do in practice but we need to be approachable and I think maintaining approachability is really important you know yeah, as a, about,
0: isn't it? yeah
1: definitely as a nurse or a, or a lecturer you know I would say you, you have to be you know I, I want anyone to come to me of any background and like I say I'm always learning from other people and I would say to my old self you know going and to yourself as well, you know, go and yourself yourself all the opportunities that come your way, and, and seek them out as well because they're not necessarily going to land on your lap, you know. And I would probably also go and tell myself to learn mm-hmm. ref works and Excel because <laughs> I've just never learned those things, yeah. and yeah, I, I need to sort that out, Chloe. It's a new
0: language, <laughs> that though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Bab. um, and is this the same advice you would give to student nurses on how to be successful in their nursing journey?
1: yeah definitely i would say take take the opportunities that come your way but definitely look for them you know because sometimes it's harder to find them and you know be keen um and and let that be known turn up happy no matter what's going on at home and and that can be really really difficult. I don't mean you shouldn't go and tell you know, your um, practice supervisors and assessors what's going on. Absolutely do. Um, but just be there for the people that you're caring for as well. But you, you do have to care for yourself in order to do that. So yeah, I would say look after yourself so that you can turn up and, and do your job. And you know, just be mindful, as think as well, that we meet people at some of the darkest times in their life and they might not always be at their best. So we need to be empathetic to them and, you know, just reflect on the code and the values that we're, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to uphold and um, and do your best to, to do that. I think something that I would say remains so important is introduce yourself. And I'm sure you're learning lots about that pre-reg. I have to remind the post-reg, you know, recently I had an um, experience where I had a number of nurses coming in and they didn't introduce themselves. And mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it, it's so important, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. I want to see smiles. I want people mm-hmm. to be respectful and not judge and just embrace, you know, the continued professional development opportunities once you're registered and just take value from it and, and go learn about what you want to learn about. That's that's important too. And you know, once you're finished your studies at the pre-reg level, you get a little bit more opportunity to to and forth with what really interests you and I think that that always helps doesn't it
0: absolutely thank you so much for joining me Lauren I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast before we finish up in the last episode senior charge nurse Elaine Brooks posed the following question for you the question is what has been your biggest challenge since COVID
1: Oh, that is a good question. Do you know, Chloe, I was quite lucky in terms of when COVID was going on, I was on maternity leave. um, So the big challenges that my colleagues faced and the rest of us as a country and a nation and a world, um, I was in a bit of a bubble, to be honest, of just um, sleepless nights and Mm -hmm. family time. So I think my challenges kind of came when I returned to work a year after so we're still very much we're in a yeah. COVID phase but the whole world had learned things like teams mm. and they'd learned all these amazing IT working from home things mm. um, and I just did not have a clue Um, so for me that was that was a big challenge um, most definitely and one of the good things probably that came about it though when I was still on maternity leave is when they were looking for vaccinators, I um decided it was time to get the uniform back on and up my skills again and vaccinated out at the the PJ. Mm. So that that was that was really good for me and um, just to to meet people and just to be to be part of that um experience.
0: That's fab. Um, so- I hope you're enjoying your time being a new mum now, Lauren.
1: I am, although I feel like a bit of an old mum some days. Oh, just so.
0: oh, they, they don't
1: half age you, those those kids.
0: <laughs> in the next episode, we'll be joined by Jill Fenwick and Cameron Smith. who are both RG lecturers with previous nursing specialty within oncology and haematology. So, Lauren, the power is now in your hands to pose a question for the next guest speaker. What would you like to ask Jill and Cameron?
1: Oh, good question. Okay. Well, Jill and Cameron, who I know very well and um, also learn from them all the time. So I suppose I'd like to know, okay, I would say nurses are very good at caring for others, but they can often neglect themselves. So what activities do the two of you partake in to help you to relax and recharge?
0: What a fab question. So we'll hear from Jill and Cameron in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave a comment on my socials and follow me at Clojack on her Mac. That's all for now, folks. Cheerio.